WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The St. Joseph Harbor is closed to commercial vessels until further notice after a carrier ship encountered shoaling conditions last Thursday in the Outer Harbor. U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has since confirmed the conditions and efforts to secure emergency dredging are underway. St. Joe Harbor Master Michael Moran says there was no damage to the ship, but there's now a blockage over at least uh, half the channel. Right now we're trying to look at emergency dredging options as well as see if we can get a freighter in in the part of the channel that remains open. There are a lot of boats that are scheduled. We're still scheduled at least 10 to 15 more boats this season. So the longer the channel's closed, the, the more problems it's going to cause. Moran added the shipping companies are also working to see if there's a way to get in the part of the channel that's not shoaled off. All hands are on deck to try and secure funding for the emergency dredging. One of the busiest gas stations in Royalton Township is getting a much-needed facelift. The BP gas station at the corner of Niles Road and M139 has been torn down, and operators Primart Petroleum are in the process of building back with a new fuel tanks, new pumps, and a new building. Royalton Township Manager Steve Tilly says there were no underlying issues with that gas station. Primart's been looking into upgrades for a while now. When they dug, everything was good. There was no leaks. We were out there checking on it, and it was good pure sand, no, no contamination. So the old tanks were still... Solid. Because they were so old, they decided to replace everything. Tilly says the footings for the canopy have been poured, and they're already getting ready to pour the footings for the building. The company has not yet given the township a timetable, but Tilly says he expects the station will reopen sometime this winter. Riverview Park in St. Joseph will be getting some new playground equipment following action last night by the City Commission. Commissioners heard from Public Works Director Greg Grothaus, who said the yearly budget did include funds for new equipment at the park. The cost for the playground equipment is $98,000. Grothaus told us it includes accessible swings for all ages and more. And then the structure itself is kind of multi-age, so sometimes you can get like a play structure for kids from 6 to 12 and then have a smaller one for kids 4 and 5, 6-year-olds. This one kind of incorporates all of that while having a outdoor kind of theme. So like there's climbing apparatus that look like the trunk to a tree. The roofs look like the canopy of a tree. You know, all the things that kids look for is it has the slides, it has the climbing, it has the balance beam. That's not to mention the spinners and the slides. Grothaus noted due to supply shortages, it could be a year before the new equipment arrives. Commissioners voted last night to make the purchase now so the current cost gets locked in before it goes up. When asked if flooding at Riverview Park could affect the equipment, Grothaus said the playground area is located in a part of the park least likely to be hit by flooding. The St. Joe City Clerk's Office is reminding voters what they need to know as the November 8th election gets closer. Speaking last night, St. Joe City Clerk Abby Bishop said her office has mailed out around 1,680 absentee ballots, all requested. You can see an absentee ballot. You can seek an absentee ballot at the St. Joe City Clerk's office or at Michigan.gov/vote. The deadline to seek a ballot to vote by mail is 5 p.m. November 4th. Bishop said the City Clerk's office will also hold special hours for those last-minute absentee voters. The City Clerk's office will be open Saturday, November 5th, for absentee voting from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. The last chance to pick up an absentee ballot is by 4 o'clock on Monday, November 7th, the day before the election. Those who go to the special office hours will have to vote there at the clerk's office and may not leave with their ballot. 
All absentee ballots have to be in by 8 p.m. on November 8th. For those seeking to vote in person, the poll hours on November 8th will be 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Bishop said the the primary gave her office good practice to be ready for the big show November 8th. The second and final gubernatorial debate is scheduled for tonight at Oakland University. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and challenger Tudor Dixon will answer questions for an hour starting at 7 p.m. You can expect to hear more plans about the economy and gas prices, similar to the last debate two uh, weeks ago. She also had the opportunity to give you a gas tax holiday. And guess what? She vetoed that as well. In fact, Michigan right now has some of the highest gas tax in the nation. When the legislature sends me a bill and tells you they've cut your taxes, but they know secretly none of it even goes into effect until 2023, I don't play those games. I veto those games. The debate comes two weeks before Election Day, although thousands of voters have already cast absentee ballots. Road fatality statistics are indicating many drivers don't know about their state's move-over laws. AAA Michigan spokesperson Adrian Woodland tells us that's why AAA has launched the Move Over For Me campaign to remind drivers what to do when there's a vehicle stopped on the side of the road. All 50 states, including the District of Columbia, have a move-over law, where essentially if you see first responders, and it includes tow providers on the side of the road, you need to slow down and move over. What if there isn't room to move over? If you can't get over, it's really important to slow down so that you can safely pass those that are on the side of the road. Woodland says nearly 350 people are struck and killed outside of a disabled vehicle each year nationally. Meanwhile, AAA surveys find about a quarter of drivers don't even know about their state's move-over law. And AAA's Move Over For Me campaign will run all month with social media messages reminding drivers of their responsibility to give disabled vehicles a break. And a Grand Rapids native will have a film that he wrote screened this Friday at the Austin Film Festival. Daniel's Gotta Die is also the latest film that actor and comedian Bob Saget appeared in before he died this year. Screenwriter Matthew Dressel says Saget plays an executor of an estate. It's a dark comedy of errors. It's about a family, a rich family of sociopaths whose father dies and leaves them uh, an inheritance, but he leaves it all to the good son, the only one of them that's really good. Uh, And he leaves it with the stipulation that he can share it with his psychotic siblings if they all spend a weekend at their family beach house together. Dressel says Saget was involved in the creative process for his character and adds he didn't know it, but he actually helped them write a beautiful send-off to him. The movie will screen at the film festival, and Dressel says it gets a theatrical release later on. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Liz Truss tried to put on a positive spin about her disastrous time as a prime minister of Great Britain as she departed 10 Downing Street for the last time. More from ABC's Tom Rivers in London. Leaving the top job in disgrace, Truss said of her seven weeks in power. This government has acted urgently and decisively on the side of hardworking families and businesses. Big problem, though. She crashed the UK economy and made most here much worse off financially. Then, in a parting shot, she ruled out this old cliché. Our country continues to battle through a storm. But I believe in Britain. I believe in the British people. And I know that brighter days lie ahead. The shortest prime ministerial run in history and arguably the worst ever. Tom Rivers, ABC News, London. 
The news that Rishi Sunak has become Britain's first prime minister of color was welcomed by many among Britain's large Indian and South Asian communities. But for many people of color, it's not that simple. The 42-year-old Sunak will be the first Hindu and the first person of South Asian descent to lead a country that has a long history of colonialism and has often struggled to welcome immigrants from its former colonies and continues to grapple with racism and wealth inequality. While Sunak's ascent was welcomed by as a sign of a visible diversity, his background of wealth and privilege is not the norm. Some say more work needs to be done. Progressives in the U.S. House are taking back a letter that they sent to President Biden calling on him to negotiate with Russia to end the war in Ukraine. The letter was signed by around 30 Democrats. Here's ABC's Justin Finch. Congressional Progressive Caucus Chair Pramila Jayapal taking responsibility for that letter, saying it was drafted months ago and was sent by staffers without proper vetting. That initial letter urged President Biden to engage in diplomacy with Russia alongside continued military aid to Ukraine. Now clarifying, Jayapal distances Democrats from Republicans who have recently signaled cutting aid to Ukraine should they gain control of the House. Jayapal saying Democrats are unequivocal in supporting Ukraine's fight. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. Ukraine's nuclear energy operator says Russian forces have performed secret work at Europe's largest nuclear power plant. The activity could shed light on Russia's unsubstantiated claims that keeps forces are preparing for a provocation involving a radioactive device. The Ukrainian nuclear operator said today it assumes the Russians are preparing for a, quote, terrorist act using nuclear materials and radioactive waste stored at the plant. It says the destruction of containers of spent fuel would lead to a radiation accident and the contamination of several hundred square kilometers of adjacent territory. Ukraine has dismissed Moscow's claim as an attempt to distract attention from the Kremlin's own alleged plans to detonate a dirty bomb. A Russian court has denied the appeal of WNBA star Brittany Griner, who's facing nine years in a Russian prison on drug charges. President Biden today asked for his reaction, and ABC's Karen Travers has the latest. Asked what his next move will be now that Brittany Griner has lost her appeal in a Russian court, President Biden told reporters his administration's in constant contact with Russian authorities to get her and other Americans released. So far, we've not been meeting with much uh, positive response. We're not stopping. The White House says it's followed up repeatedly with Russia on what it calls a significant and serious offer to get Greiner and American Paul Whelan home. A convicted Russian arms dealer currently serving a 25-year sentence in a federal prison in Illinois for Greiner and Whelan. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Police say the 19-year-old gunman who killed a teacher and a 15-year-old girl at a St. Louis high school was armed with an AR-15-style rifle and what appeared to be more than 600 rounds of ammunition. Orlando Harris also left behind a handwritten note offering his explanation for the shooting yesterday at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School. 10th grader Alexandria Bell and 61-year-old physical education teacher Jean Kushka died, and seven students were wounded. The attack forced students to barricade doors and huddle in classroom quarters, jump from windows, and run out of the building for safety. Police killed Harris in an exchange of gunfire. The way that we bank has changed, and so has the percentage of Americans who actually have accounts. More from ABC's Daria Albinger. The number of Americans who don't have a bank account hit a record low last year. The FDIC says about 5.9 million households, or about 4.5% of Americans, were unbanked in 2021. That's the lowest level since it started tracking the data in 2009. One reason? The increased availability of online banks, many of which don't have a minimum deposit amount or requirement to avoid fees. Black and Hispanic households are still much more 
likely to be unbanked with just over 11% of black households and about 9% of Hispanic. Daria Albinger, ABC News. And The Gap has now joined Adidas and officially ending its partnership with Kanye West. More from Jason Nathanson. Adidas won't be producing anything else with Kanye West, the shoe and clothing brand ending its partnership with the rapper, citing his anti-Semitic comments over the past few weeks as a reason it doesn't want to be in business with him anymore. And Gap also coming out against West, saying his recent remarks and behavior underscore why they moved to end their partnership in September. They're taking immediate steps to remove all Yeezy Gap product from stores, and they've shut down the website YeezyGap.com. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.